Welcome to Global Truth Center. Okay, how many of you have taken a chance on love? Who's laughing? How, once again, how many of you have taken a chance on love? Okay, okay. Those of you who have not raised your hands. How many of you have not taken a chance on love? Oh, I see. How many of you are in the middle? You're not sure yet. So it's a good question to ask, taking a chance on love. Um, I have a question here. Why is love so risky? Why? Wait, these are, these are what is that called when you don't need an answer? These are rhetorical questions, Marilyn. <laughs> Actually, they're not. Please, scream out to me. You know, I love that. Why is love so risky? Why do we make love so difficult for ourselves to be in? Why is love so, so, so harrowing at times? Why do we think that it's not something, I can't do that again? I just How many people have ever said to themselves, I can't do that again when it comes to love? Wow, this isn't very evolved. Either that or you're all doing this. <laughs> so here's the thing. Do we think love is going to run out? Are we somehow afraid that love is going to run out? Are we somehow afraid that, that we're going to get too old for love? Anybody here feel too old for love? Joe's like, don't look at me. Because there are people that feel that way. Oh, I had love. I don't ever need it again. I really don't ever need it again. So this idea, I love this thing, taking a chance on love, as though, as though I have to take a chance that this might not work out. But I'm not really talking about love when I talk about that, am I? Do we fear? I think sometimes we're not willing to take a chance on love because we're afraid it won't be returned. Has anybody ever withheld their love from someone because they're afraid it's not going to be returned exactly the way we want it. <laughs> I love when I hear the ripples of, hmm, <laughs> hmm, maybe. I know I have. I know there have been times in my life where I've been afraid to really love someone because I'm afraid I won't be loved back the same way. Now, for somebody who's been in a been married, I'm just about to celebrate. On September 21st, I will celebrate 30 years of marriage to Kevin. 30 years. 33 years together, but 30 years of marriage. And can I honestly stand here and say I have been in love with him the entire time? Yes. Have I loved him the entire time? There are times. But in love... That's a whole different story. And that's the story I want to talk about today. What does it mean to be in love? Now, usually when you hear this thing about in love, it's like romantic. It's the, oh, I'm in love with you because you, you, you complete me or we're, we're, we're somehow attracted to each other, that love. But for me, when you are in love, really in love, it means you are jointly celebrating love together because you remember who you are. The rest of it is something completely different. So there's another thing about love, which is this. I think sometimes we use love as a proof 
that we're worthy. We use love in such a way that if I can get someone's love, it will make me feel better about myself. I use the love coming at me to build my self-worth, my self-esteem. And should you decide to take it away, I am crumbled because now you've shown me I'm not worthy of your love. And so love plays this very tenuous game of, of being something really scary at times. Thus, we write these songs, I'm taking a chance on love. I'm going to try this again. I'll see what happens. And yet that's not what we teach, certainly in this philosophy about love, about what it is or where we're going with it. Here I go again. I hear those trumpets blow again, all aglow again, taking a chance on love. Do you all remember those, those pink cloud moments in any relationship when you first fall in love? Just think about the first time you fell in love. Can you remember that person? The first time your heart went pitter-patter. That sounds like a very old thing to say. The first time you really had that moment, it was like, oh my God, who is this? Who is that? And you're just like, I gotta know this person. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel this person. I've gotta got be in this person's presence. That pink cloud thing. We write songs about it. I'm all aglow again. Now I'm aglow because you, Nada, walked into the room. I'm sure that's exactly how David felt when he saw you. I'm all aglow. The trumpets are blowing. Do you ever walk into a room and you just hear the because someone's in there and you're like, who is that person? I remember when I met Kevin and he walked into the room, and many of you have heard this story, in a little pair of white shorts and a tank top and a tennis racket. I was sitting on the floor with my back to him and the choreographer in the show we were doing was right here. And I saw her look up and go, oh, hi, Kevin. And I turned around and I was like, oh, hi, Kevin. And when he, he said, do you want to play tennis? I said, I don't know how to play tennis, but I can learn. <laughs> but I was in a meeting. I was, like, I was like, but I'll play with you sometime. <laughs> Little did I know. And she looked at me and she went, no, he's, he's already taken. And I was like, wah, wah. Um, and then we became best friends because he was already taken. So all the pretenses of love and being in love and the whole gambit of feelings you have were gone. The masks were off. I just got to meet the person and we just got to be best friends and we got to be in love. And of course, the rest is history because once that happened, then the trumpets blew again and everything just aligned itself. I wouldn't say easily, but they did align themselves. So question, how many of you have had your heart broken in love? Anybody not ever have their heart broken in a loving situation, in a love situation? Okay, so we can all say pretty much that we've had our heart broken, yes? I've had my heart broken a number of times. One time I had my heart broken and I found myself standing on a street corner throwing pebbles up at someone's window, just trying to get them to open the window and say hi to me. And is that pathetic or what? And I was probably intoxicated at the time because I was in my 20s. 30s. No, 20s. No, it was 50s. Really? No, I was in my 20s. Um, so yeah, we've had our hearts broken, but what does that mean really? Has love broken our heart? No. Love did not break our heart. Something else was at play here. Not love. My relationship 
to love, my relationship to a person, to a thing, the way I was relating to and from love. So our theme this month is daring. And the title of my talk today is Dare to Love. And if you notice there, there's a guy climbing up a ladder into nowhere, into the sky. And I think very often we, we, we position love as something we have to climb up to. We have to go find it. We have to find the person who's going to bring us to that loving state. But in truth, when we understand love that way, we are climbing into an empty sky because that's really not what it is. And my idea of dare to love is a little different from that. Ernest Holmes says, love is the self-givingness of the spirit. Oh, can you give me this? I think I have this on a slide, don't I? No, I don't. Go back. Don't let them see that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> love is that, so I didn't give Ernest a slide today, just so you know. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit. Notice he says, of the spirit, through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. And then he says at the end of it, love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. Love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. Love is a cosmic force. Love is an energy. Love is a consciousness. Love is this field of particles that we live in. Love is the life force that moves through you. It is not something you have to go find or find in another person. In fact, you should find it in everyone you meet because that's all everyone is, is love. That's this constructive energy that pulsates through us at all times. Love is a cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible. So I would posit that what we do is when we experience this love thing that we're taking a chance on having, what we're really doing is tapping into our authenticity. We're tapping into who we really are. And very often when we fall in love, and I love the idea of falling into something, falling in love, what we're really doing, as you certainly know, Carolyn, is tapping into something in someone else that is so authentic that the trumpets go off because that cosmic force whose sweep is irresistible has found itself again. And we've taken our attention off of all the other stuff that's going on and we've put it right where we live, right with who we are. So what would our lives be like, and I ask you this today, if we dared to surrender to this cosmic force no matter what? What would our lives be like if we dared ourselves to actually live this, to actually live this idea of loving only and just throw in a little peppered no matter what? You want to talk about daring? I dare you to love only. I dare you to spend your life coming from love only because that's who you are. It's what you are. You don't have to find it. You don't have to take a chance to see if it will work out because it's all going to work out no matter what. 
So on Friday night, Reverend Rita and Reverend Patrick treated me to an evening of immersive theater, and it was the Van Gogh Immersive Exhibit. How many of you have seen that? Has anybody been to it yet? You're all, oh, you have, okay, so you know. So you're all gonna wanna go to this. Uh, next week you're going? Okay, perfect. I, I didn't know what it was, and I was like, oh, okay, here's the night of my life. We'll see, okay, Van Gogh. I'm not really a Van Gogh fan so much. He cut his ear off, that's weird. Um, so I'm having all these thoughts about it, but we walked in, and the minute I walked into this experience, I started crying because they figured out how to tap into my authenticity from the moment we walked in. The, the, the physicality of the space, the immersion of music and sound and, and feelings and, 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 and thoughts coming up all simultaneously was so much bigger than my self and that moment. I was in the self place of, oh, I'm in this body, in this place, I have this to do, that to do, the other thing. But this was love, immersive love, giving you no opportunity to think about your life, but to just be immersed in all of this. So I want to start, start my talk, because it's just beginning. I want to start uh, this little part of the talk with this quote from Vincent van Gogh. So this is on the wall when you walk in, and Reverend Rita and I, we, all three of us, we saw it and we went, and I thought immediately all three of us were going to take it and use it for a talk, but I'm first up. So Vincent van Gogh says, the beginning is perhaps more difficult than anything else, but keep heart. It will turn out all right. This is a man who cut his ear off because he was upset about a lover. The beginning is perhaps more difficult than anything else, but keep heart. It will turn out all right. Why is that so important to me in this talk? Because if we're going to dare to love, then we have to know without any shadow of a doubt that my life is unfolding perfectly, no matter what. So you can take your love from me as if that could ever happen. You can say you're not in love with me anymore. All right. And I may miss that and I may miss that person, and I may miss the feelings I have, but deep down, keep heart. It will turn out all right, because you are love. That's daring. It's daring to live in the face of everything in your life and say, keep heart. It will work out all right. That's the daring nature of this science that I think is so important to all of us. Carolyn Clemens um, had a celebration on Friday for her husband here, and um, it was a beautiful service. I had never met her husband, but I felt I knew him after everybody talked about him in the slideshow. But there was something that happened. One of the singers, the singer, was up here, and she started coughing and coughing and coughing. And while the ceremony was happening here, all eyes were on the coughing because, of course, we've come to the conclusion that even a common cold is COVID. It's all COVID. Everything is COVID. If you sneeze, you have COVID. So, you know, it got a little scary for a lot of people, so she ultimately left, which meant all the songs that Carolyn picked for her husband that they loved together were not going to get sung. And so the next song that was coming up, I knew. And I thought, dare I? And, of course, I did. And I said, I can sing this one. And I got up and I sang it, even though 
even though it was a duet with a girl and I had to go into the girl's key and figure out how that went. You didn't notice, did you? Good answer. Um, <laughs> so, so it went really well, and, and, but I felt of such service. But it was all about love, and it's a song called Lucky by Jason Mraz. Lucky I'm in love with my best friend, and I am in love with my best friend, and I know she was too, and many of you are. But I didn't, I didn't really think about the lyrics so much until I was standing there in front of, what, 100 people maybe, singing, uh, you know, singing with the piano player to Carolyn, and one of the lyrics stuck out to me. It was like, you make it easier when life gets hard. It's lucky I'm in love with my best friend. Lucky to have been where I have been. Lucky to be coming home again. You make it easier when life gets hard, we say to someone. But I'd like to say that to myself. You make it easier when life gets hard, when you dare to love only. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. You make it easier with all that we're going through if you just come from love only. Nothing else, no judgment, not even your opinions. You can have them, but no one needs to hear them. <laughs> just keep them. Be sure what you know, but come from love. You know, it makes it easier when life gets hard if we're willing to love only. And Carolyn, thank you for giving me that lesson. Love makes life easier if we're willing to give over to it. So I have this quote from Dr. Seuss. That's the next slide, I believe. Oh, I had that one too. Go back. I want to show them that picture. So there's two, go back. So this, this is the immersion. See the circles? That's just people, si it's on its side, just so you know. That's just people sitting in a room. They all have circles, so they're six feet apart, with this immersive experience of Van Gogh above you, below you, beside you, moving. It is just spectacular. And the next quote is the Jason Mraz quote. But I want you to see, that's me <laughs> looking at something looking very dramatic, and Rita took that picture, I believe. Um, you are in the Van Gogh painting when it happens. So it's kind of hard not to have emotion, not to feel that loving creativity when it happens. Okay, next slide. Dr. Seuss, you know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. Isn't that a beautiful quote? You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. When was the last time reality was better than your dreams? When you really saw it, when you were willing to see life from that perspective. How do we love one another in today's world and still allow each person his or her own experience? As I was sitting there on the stool during the immersion, there was a little girl in her little pod with her mother and father, and the music was very, so full. And, and here you are in this incredibly immersive experience with, with images flying everywhere, and you've got to like really look at it. It was just overwhelmingly brilliant. And yet my eye kept going back to this little four-year-old girl who her experience was she needed to dance. 
So we're all trying to watch everything, and she's like, And she's just doing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's like Martha Graham just came back as a child. And she's doing all this stuff. And we're all watching. But I was like, I just kept going back to her. And I was like, that's what love is. That's what this, 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 this energy, this life force whose sweep is irresistible. That's what it is. It comes inside of you and just says, gotta dance. <laughs> I had to do it. Um, that's, that's the life I want to live. That's the life I'm willing to live. And I'm willing to see that life here. I don't need to go to sleep to dream it up for myself. I've had many dreams, and it's very funny when you think about it. Some of the dreams I've had, um, never, never added up or never came true when the reality hit. I had a dream of being a Broadway star. I think that's about 22 minutes in, folks. I had a dream of being a Broadway star, and I can tell you that when it happened, and it did happen, I didn't enjoy it. The dream was great. The dream was great. I enjoyed, I enjoyed being a Broadway star. I didn't enjoy the work. I, didn't, I wasn't enjoying the, the show. I wasn't enjoying... There was a lot of it that I wasn't enjoying. And it wasn't until my life flipped around years later when I was doing some other show, and I was like... I love this. I love doing this part. I love doing this show. And my whole world turned around. I was like, wait, are you telling me you like the work of being an actor as opposed to being a famous person? I was like, yes, because I always had conversations with myself. I was like, yes, this is what it is. That's what it is because it's coming from here. And by the way, one of those shows that I felt that in was Gotta Dance was Singing in the Rain, feeling that there's nothing like standing on stage and it rains and you're just dancing. It's just, it's so exhilarating. So, you know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. My question to you is, when are your dreams going to become reality in such degree that they're actually not as exciting as the reality that they show up as? I believe that is possible for all of us, but we have to start from this. We have to start from a consciousness of loving only, of really leaning into the love. So I want to talk about COVID for a moment because it is on everybody's mind, because it is an energy whose sweep is not irresistible. It is an energized consciousness. Is it a disease? Yes, yeah, so is the cold, so is the flu. So is everything. Yes, there's bacteria everywhere. I get that. I get all of it. I follow the science. I acquiesce to what the science is asking us to do. That's what I choose. But is it a reality? Is it as powerful as love? <laughs> not even that much. It's just not. So my job is to put it in its perfect perspective. It does not have control of my life. It doesn't even have control of my world. I do what I need to do, and I come from love only, which means I will not, I choose not to engage in anything that takes me out of a loving consciousness surrounding it with whomever or whatever or wherever or whenever. That's what this center stands for, love only. And, and what I really got was this. So, when I say being in love with someone, being, being, 
that, that, that relational love. That relational love is not love. It's your reaction to it. So the same thing goes true for what we're all experiencing right now. Your reaction to this thing is not this thing. COVID's just another disease that has come along and we're handling it and we will handle it and there will come the day when it's gone, eradicated like measles and polio and all the things that we've handled. It'll go away and we'll be done with it. But you know what we won't be done with? Your relationship to it. That's the only thing you're in control of. What is your relationship to this thing called COVID? Can you come from love only and deal with this issue without being in reaction to it, but coming from love only? And you know what that means? That means I have to be willing to say to someone that doesn't agree with my perspective, I love you and I respect your perspective and mean it absolutely mean it and be okay with it. Does that also mean I have to now take your perspective? No, it does not. It means I get to do what I feel is right for me. You get to do what you feel is right for you. And at the end of the day, if what you feel is right for you and what I feel is right for me, don't go together. And in fact, really don't go together. I have the right to say, I, I treat for your highest and furthest for you to go where you need to go and I to go where I need to go, and that's still love, if it is still love. So really today, for me, has been all about this concept of are you in reactionary love or are you willing to love only? Are you willing to really step into love in the way Ernest Holmes talks about it? Um, would you do the next slide for me? Vincent van Gogh. I feel there is nothing more truly artistic than to love people. I fear we have lost our ability to love people unconditionally. And I believe that we are creating way too many conditions where we withhold our love. And in this very fragile world, there are people out there that believe when I withhold my love that they're somehow lessened. So don't withhold your love from anyone or anything, no matter what. Love comes in many shapes and sizes and many forms in many ways. And our job is to really tap into that authentic person that we are and let that just ooze out of ourselves. To love only and then forgive everything. To really be willing to let go let go. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We've all had things said to us. We've gotten into arguments and fights and all this stuff. Facebook's a disaster with all of this thing, stuff going on. And our job is to stop reacting to it all, to just come from love no matter what. So I dare you today to start, to, to start loving without the relationship involved. Not loving someone because how they are related to you. Of course, I love Joe Jordan. She's like one of the closest people in my life. I love her. We're in relationship. Easy to do. It's easy to love Joe Jordan. It's easy to love Patrick and Rita, Hannah, to the people that I'm in relationship with. But what about the people I'm not in relationship with? You know how easy it is to diss them? Especially if they're not like me. 
It's so easy to be in non-love because my relationship isn't at play. And yet I really believe our job is to be in relationship to ourselves. Because if you're willing to be in relationship to yourself, your true self, your authentic self, from love only, if you are willing to dare, dare to love that way, through the differences, whatever the differences are, just love from that perspective without ever saying, oh, that person, oh, that type of person. We are going to change this world. You know that expression, be the change you want to see in the world? This is the change we must be in order to see it in the world. So I do dare you today. Spend the day. See if you can do it. See if you can do it. And if you can't, that's okay. As soon as you notice you can't, fix it. Change it. That's what change your thinking, change your life is all about. You see it, you don't like it, change it. But I do dare you today to love not from a relationship point of view, but to love because love is a cosmic force. whose sweep is irresistible if you would dare to recognize yourself as that love. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.